0: The SEAL process is all about selecting people that are self-starting, self-motivating, resilient psychological profiles. They have a really good sense of humor, which is critical when you're up against some kind of a obstacle to to moving forward. Pretty much all of special operations is about taking on tasks that the conventional operations forces are trained to do or can't handle uh, in the flow of the moment, which means you're thrown into situations with very little information very little knowledge and you're supposed to just go figure it out on the way. All the stuff you see in the movies is is uh, incorrect as far as you get, you know, weeks of planning and really cool mock-ups and lots of satellite pictures and everything. In reality, if they had all that, they would just send a bomb or send the marines. So you end up becoming very comfortable with either failing or your plan falling apart and having to completely recreate your plan or seeing an obstacle and seeing it Is not just an obstacle. Maybe it's an opportunity. I think 20 years of thinking that way and as an officer leading that way really set me up. So for me, it's take a couple steps back, acknowledge that I have a deficiency and then add up all the different things I have to do to overcome that deficiency, do that and then attack that obstacle again and then learn from what I'm still failing to do correctly, take that feedback, try to get smarter, talk to people, explain my path, and, you know, if you keep doing that, it, it's kind of like running at the wall, but each time you're running at the wall, you're bigger, you're stronger, you're smarter. And eventually you either smash through it or you jump over it because you've, you've learned and that obstacle has actually prepared you to learn and caused you to learn as a catalyst to learn. Then the obstacle is not really an obstacle anymore. And I give speeches on this from time to time, but most people see, see an obstacle as kind of the a, a dead end. You know, you quit, you stop and you move someplace else, you know, where there's no obstacles and you know, most obstacles are, are kind of created in our own minds. You take yourself out of the fight 90% of the time, not the obstacle. The obstacle doesn't take you out of the fight. You take yourself out of the fight and you don't have to be the smartest person facing that obstacle. You pull in everybody, you know, and ask, and maybe they don't know anything about how to, how to get around this particular challenge, but you will start to find an amazing number of people. There's eventually people that'll start telling you, oh yeah, I ran into that once before and this is what I did. And suddenly you starting to get insights and you see the obstacle differently. Once in a while, you run into an obstacle you just can't defeat. And in my case, it's because I didn't have enough time to do all that preparation to defeat the obstacle. There was was a time limitation to it. But whatever the obstacle or challenge is, you have to become humble, have an intellectual kind of humility so that you open your mind, so that you disregard and cast aside all the kind of the baggage of everything you've been told and everything you've been taught and all the good things too. Because sometimes you think you're a winner, you think you're this, and that also kind of holds back an open-minded approach to the challenge. So that's what I preach all the time. doesn't matter if you got a raise or you got promoted six months ago or you got divorced, you got fired. That has no bearing on the on the challenge in front of you. Learn whatever the new data set is, analyze the new data set, and then hit it in a flexible and agile way. Marty, what can you offer by ways of encouragement to some of our listeners who have maybe more than hit a brick wall, they're so demoralized by either a business failure or a personal setback. Any things you could advise to those that are really hurting and discouraged right now about how to pull things together and move forward? It goes to the expectations issue. So I gave a speech a while back to Naval Academy alumni group. I just had everybody react to questions by raising their hand and, and shouting out the answers. And I was saying, well, how long does it take to become an engineer? How long does it take to become a lawyer? How long does it take to become a software programmer? And they're throwing out three years, two years, four years. And I did this at, when, when somebody asked me a question, I said, well, sir, how old are you? He says, well, I'm 41. I've been out out of uniform for six months. And I said, okay, anybody, how long does it take for this gentleman to become a lawyer? Four years. They all yelled out. How about a software? So in other words, there's a path to a whole new world, a whole new way of, of living, a whole new profession. You just have to commit to being a, a neophyte, an apprentice on day one. If somebody wants to start a restaurant and they talk to me about it, I said, well, you ever owned a restaurant? No. What do you know about restaurants? Nothing. Okay. Go in, get a job at a restaurant, learn how to bust tables, ask lots of questions, watch what's going on, work your way into the back kitchen over six months, ask a lot of questions before you even think of becoming a restaurant owner, because you'll learn more as an apprentice getting in the middle of all that than you will sitting back, borrowing money from all your friends and family, and then trying to start a restaurant from scratch. What it comes down to is part of that humility thing again. If you're in a place where your industry has died, move or find a whole new job in that location. You have that freedom. At least in our country, you have that freedom. Reinvent yourself with confidence because the thing that's holding you back from doing that is you have an expectation that what was going on before that was successful is supposed to last forever. So you're still struggling with that baggage. You just have to completely, you know, burn that, forget about that and be willing to start small. So that feels like a self-esteem hit. Well, maybe or not. But guess what? You go to college four years later, you go to engineering school, you're an engineer. You're on a whole new track. Nobody really cares. The universe doesn't care that you were a commander of a ship or no, the universe doesn't care that you had a restaurant and it failed. And the universe, universe doesn't care if you had a great job you thought was going to last forever and they laid you off. But in our country, you're allowed to move around and make decisions. So you reinvent yourself. Just accept that that's okay Doesn't matter what your friends and family think, I'm reinventing myself. Then all of a sudden, the stress of being a failure and the stress of trying to meet the expectations of your last position or job or the fact that you own a uh, successful business and it went away, those go away and now you're, you're cleared to go forward.